Ron Van Dam. He's a man ahead of his time, which means he shows up 15 minutes early for everything. It's incredibly annoying. You're listening to The Ron Van Dam Show, right on time on New England Broadcasting. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. It's The Ron Van Dam Show. Thank you so much. Hold on tight, things can get a bit weird, if you like that sort of thing. Welcome to the Ron Van Dam Show. I'll say that Ron Van Dam Show. I am the person to whom they refer to in the title. I know. Sit back, relax, I'll take it from here. I'll entertain you for about half an hour. After that, I couldn't really be bothered. But for half an hour? Sure, why not? What the hell? You're paying for it. Oh, you didn't know that? (laughs) Check your credit card statement. You're paying for this. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. How are you? I think, um, is this the day that the groundhog comes out and tells you who your father is? Oh, okay. That's Ancestry.com, and that's not till February with the groundhog. Okay, I'm a little confused because of the holiday on Monday. Got my days all jumbled up. I don't know what day it is. Or what um, What time is it, by the way? Okay. <laughs> I don't have an Apple Watch. I do not have an Apple Watch. I've never had an Apple Watch. I can hardly see the stuff on my cell phone, much less on a tiny little watch. I don't, I, I, I don't understand. I don't understand the Apple Watch. I'm going to Apple everything, you know. I had a guest on the show a couple of weeks ago from some, uh, I think it was a Javits Center in New York, big convention place, you know, some kind of, uh, you know, these convention shows, and it was uh, about smart appliances. Oh, okay. Now my appliances uh, have intelligence quotas. They have IQs. I have a smart refrigerator. Oh, well, I have a smart dishwasher. My refrigerator's smarter than your dishwasher. Oh yeah, okay. Ask my dishwasher a question. Yeah, it just—it's crazy, man. It's crazy. <clears throat> I wish I knew smart people. The appliances are smarter than the people that I know. Uh huh. And you know it's true. Anyway, uh, this guy that was uh, some consumer reporter was at this uh, this show, and uh, he's talking about smart refrigerators. Okay, like, why does a refrigerator need to be smart? 
you put the food in there, you set the temperature, and you go to sleep. I don't understand the problem. Why do I need a smart refrigerator? I don't. I need a stupid refrigerator is what I need. Apparently, this uh, smart refrigerator actually has a television screen built into the door. So if I want to watch a movie, I can watch it on my refrigerator. I (laughs) I don't understand. Why would I want to watch a movie on my refrigerator? (laughs) It's so. It sounds even so stupid to say it. What else does a smart refrigerator do? Uh, Well, uh, on the screen it has recipes. I see. I see. So if I want to know how to cook something, I have to go to my refrigerator. Yes, that's correct. It's uh, very smart. It's smart. It's, uh, ask it any question. Your refrigerator will... Where are the peas? Oh, in the back. They're in the back on the second shelf. Whoa, that refrigerator is smart. Uh, one of the aspects of the smart refrigerator... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is incredible. Um, if you're shopping in a store and you can't remember uh, if you have uh, any tomatoes in the refrigerator or not, your refrigerator uh, has cameras inside every compartment and can show you on your smartphone... Yeah, the phone's been smart for a long time. It can show you on your smartphone from another location uh, the second shelf to tell you whether there's a... So you can see whether there's a tomato there or not. Uh, oh, my God. I, I Thank God. I, I don't know how I lived without that information. <sighs> of course, the smart refrigerator continually regulates uh, the temperature inside a refrigerator, which the refrigerator should be doing anyway. <laughs> I have a stupid refrigerator. I, I set the the freezer at zero degrees. It's so stupid. It's just so stupid. Sometimes it's like five degrees, and it's, it's just a stupid refrigerator. Uh, stop spending your time making appliances smart and concentrate on the people that I know. Make them smart. That would help me greatly. Got a smart thermostat. Ain't stupid. Smart thermostat knows exactly. Uh, it can read the room temperature and uh, turn on the heat or, or the air conditioner accordingly, uh, temperature-wise. Really, that's a smart, a smart. Uh, th- yeah, that's smart. How? What? What are the? What are the ones that aren't smart? What do they do? Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. But no smart people. That doesn't happen. That just doesn't happen. You can send them to school for years and years and years for their entire childhood and youth. Does it make them smart? God, no. Have you met some people lately? (sighs) No, it doesn't. I've always said there is a great difference between street smart and book smart. And the difference is one is for streets and one is for books. And here's the difference. Uh, Street smart pretty much means that when things are happening around you, you soak in the information, you learn from your mistakes, or you observe what would make sense and what wouldn't make sense, and you act accordingly and decide accordingly. You're a survivor because you're street smart. you're, You're observant to the things that surround you. 
or, and you really can't be both, or you're book smart. All you do is freaking read. You read everything in sight. You'll read the back of a toothpaste tube, and you happen to know what's in that tube because you read the tube. You're book smart. You soak in a lot of information through the, 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 the written word, not the spoken word, the written word. That's book smart. Which would you rather be? Well, if you're going to be a contestant on Jeopardy, you'd rather be book smart. If you're going to be an entrepreneur and a wonderful person, you want to be street smart. Can you be both? That's rare. That's very, very rare. Just like a steak. Very, very rare. I had a guest on this program. Uh, she was. Uh, she's an actress. She still is an actress. And she was on Taxi, Mary Lou Henner. And we talked. And it was, a, it was one of the most interesting interviews I've ever done with a celebrity because most of them are vapid or they're pretty much promoting something, something like that. But she, she wasn't. We were talking about how to uh, sharpen your brain without a pencil sharpener. Mary Lou Henner has, and I don't recall the name of the thing that she has because I'm not, you know, I don't remember <laughs> My memory is good, but not that good. I I don't remember everything. I don't remember the things that I think are important to me. If I met you at a cocktail uh, party or something like that, and someone introduced you to me and said, uh, Ron, this is Susan. Uh, hello, Susan. How are you? I'm fine, Ron. And how are you? And I'm fine. And yourself? I'm fine. And you? You know, the, the conversation is just so deep. If I walked away for five minutes and then I walked back and I saw uh, this uh, woman there and I'd, I'd say, she'd say, hi, Ron. I'd say, hi, um, oh, geez, um, is it Carol? Is it Carol, is it? No, Ron, Susan, you just met me like uh, five minutes ago. Besides, I'm wearing a name tag that says, hello, my name is Susan. Oh, yeah, yeah, you are. But you have it uh, displayed just above your, your left bosom, and I really I can't look down there because it's rude. Could you put your name tag somewhere, like on your forehead? <clears throat> That's interesting. A cocktail mixers. Women are always saying, don't, don't stare at my boobs. My, my eyes are up here. Well, I know I'm not staring at your eyes. Why are you staring at my boob? Because that's where you put your name tag. Why do you put your name tag at the very place you don't want me staring at and you correct me when I do? Marsha. Now, Susan. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Anyway, so Mary Lou Henner is, uh, is on the program, and she has some type of ability to remember every single thing that happened in her life. And I mean every single thing. Her brain is like a warehouse of incredible capacity. She's growing brain cells, man. Most people lose brain cells when they get older. She's got a farm going on up there. And she remembers, I mean everything. Do you remember what you had for lunch on October 17th, uh, 1979? Yes, a ham sandwich with a side of coleslaw. And believe me, 
that bread was a little bit moldy. How do you remember that? She doesn't know. She just has this capacity for remembering everything. She seems like a happy-go-lucky person. I don't know what happy-go-lucky means. It sounds kind of silly. But then I, and I actually said to her, Marilou, uh, you remember all the wonderful things in life, but with that comes remembering all the pain and the sorrow. She said, yes, that does come with it. I remember those as if they were yesterday. And I said, Marilou, Mine was yesterday. <sighs> and, and thus, uh, you know, we, we talked. Uh, it was a very interesting interview. We talked, and, and uh, I, I found that I don't want to remember everything, that perhaps the thing that keeps me sane, if you can put me in that category, is the fact that I don't remember everything. I don't want to remember everything. Sometimes when bad things happen in life, you can say to yourself, well, I won't remember this as much in a couple of years or in a couple of days. I'll get over it. But to remember it so vividly can be painful throughout your life. I feel bad for Marilou. I feel happy for her, but I also feel bad. The pain just doesn't necessarily ever go away. Anyway, so how are you, huh? Yeah, yeah. Groundhog's Day, I, I referred to that before, even though it's not Groundhog's Day yet. It's just stupid. We have so many stupid traditions. It's, it's really, it's amazing. You think your refrigerator is stupid? Groundhog's Day, seriously. I mean, I'll talk about that more when we get close to it, but I mean, just seriously, we, we wait for a marsupial to uh, a rodent to tell us whether it's going to be a long winter or not. Like that makes a difference even if it is or it isn't. What does it mean? Go out and buy a heavier coat? What am I supposed to do with that information? Groundhog says it's going to be a long winter. What, by, by a week? I don't understand your problem here. I mean, I, I, I know there are people that... Uh, Go to fortune tellers and clairvoyant people, you know, to find out what's going to happen to them. But, you know, you let a groundhog tell you what's happening. I don't, I don't, I don't know any groundhogs that are that really intelligent. I, do you ever go to a zoo and they have a groundhog there and you look at it and you say, tell me, um, tell me, uh, am I going to have a good summer? I mean, don't don't ask Groundhog things like that. Groundhog doesn't give a shit about your summer. Then they take this Groundhog, this uh, Pawtuxy Phil or Pawtuxy, whatever they call him. They put him in a, they dress him in a suit. Yeah, they take the Groundhog to put a little suit on him. I don't think they do. That might be the New Jersey Groundhog. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> now, I think there's a guy that dresses up in a suit like that, you know, that Monopoly character. Uh, they make it very, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Is this for children? Is this for adults? I, I think it's for adults, which is, which is really odd. 
I, I, some of the things, some of the traditions we have are just crazy. I have a guest coming up momentarily. Uh, when I started doing uh, talk radio, I was told there are two things that you should never discuss on the air. This goes back a couple of decades, at least. One of them is religion. Don't talk about religion. We have many times. I've gotten in trouble talking about religion on the air. Oh, boy, did I get in trouble. So anyway, so, uh, yeah, religion, don't talk about religion, and don't talk about uh, abortion. Oh, my God. Oh, don't talk about abortion. Well, uh, all of a sudden, we started talking about abortion because the Supreme Court, that's the court that the Supremes are on. Diana Ross runs the place. Supreme Court decided that uh, the decision that we made before, we were drunk, we didn't know what we were doing. We're reversing the decision. What? How do you do that? How do you reverse a decision like that? Uh, it's political. They didn't say oh, it's political, but I can't remember uh, why, but they reversed it big time. And all they said was that uh, on a federal level, uh, you know, you can't, uh, you can't get an abortion. But if your states want to do it, go for it, man. So that's what they did, and uh, I was I was floored. I thought, oh, my God, now you can reverse anything that the court did. You can just reverse it by saying, mm, change my mind, change my mind. We looked at it again. <sighs> Sorry, change my mind. Come on, man. Come on. Uh, you don't tell a human being what to do with their body. But there are religious aspects to this, etc. So I get it. Let's flip the coin, shall we? Let's flip the if if we're going to tell women what to do with their body, what is the problem here? Uh, the problem is that uh, if women didn't uh, deliver so many babies, this wouldn't be a problem. If you're going to, uh, let me clarify, if you're going to punish a woman for uh, having an abortion, then you should also be able to punish a woman, if we're going to go that route, for having too many babies. If you're pumping out children every time you have sex and you, know, you have like five children, you can't afford to bring them up, they, their lives are horrible, your life is horrible because you decided to have five children, there should be ramifications to that just like ramifications to having abortions if that's the route you're going to go. Because if you're going to regulate what a woman does with her body, then that's you have to regulate that too. And that opens Pandora's box. I don't know who Pandora is, nor her situation with her box, but it opens it up. Anyway, uh, you can dis you can disagree or agree with what I say. It really doesn't make any difference because everybody has a different opinion, and that's fine. And I respect everybody's opinion because we all have them. So, like, what are you going to do about it? My guest uh, <laughs> joins us momentarily. Everyone's doing a chicken sandwich these days, but nobody does it quite like Burger Guy. Introducing Burger Guy's new all beef chicken sandwich. 
It starts with three of our signature paper-thin patties and a hearty helping of our something like cheese sauce on a delicious day-old bun. So what makes it a chicken sandwich? Well, every Burger Guy all-beef chicken sandwich is topped with a crispy Cajun spice free-range chicken beak. It's the tastiest part of the chicken. Science tells us so. The new all-beef chicken sandwich. Available for a limited time, only at Burger Guy. The Burger Guy all-beef chicken sandwich is available as a meal combo with the Burger Guy metric ton of fries and keg of soda. The Burger Guy all-beef chicken sandwich contains less than 2% chicken by weight and should not be confused with a chicken sandwich containing more than 2% chicken. Consult your physician before eating anything at Burger Guy, ever. Morgan Hopkins joins us now. She's president of All Above All, who... Uh we're going to talk to her about uh, abortion care. There's a there's a date in history here that's coming up uh, rather soon as far as uh, Roe v. Wade, as I understand. Yes, we are just days before what would have been the 50th anniversary of the Roe v. Wade decision. And to date, 24 states have banned abortion uh-huh. or are likely to do so as state legislatures across the country are gaveling into session so this means that even more people are going to be forced to travel across state lines, mm-hmm. sometimes hundreds or thousands of miles to get care. Um, and we know from decades of abortion restrictions that forcing someone to carry a pregnancy against their will will have devastating financial and lasting consequences for them and their family. Um, and we know that abortion bans push families deeper into poverty, and it especially hurts Mm. folks who are working really hard to make ends meet. I know that there are a lot of organizations that are helping out to, to help uh, relieve some of that financial strain in making the travel uh, and that kind of thing. But um, I, I, I do always keep it in mind, in the back of my mind, the fact that this is a federal situation. Uh, it has nothing to do with your particular state. Um, so is there a chance, let me ask you, Morgan, is there a chance that as Roe v. Wade was reversed, it could be reversed back again? Well, we are, um, calling on lawmakers at the state and federal level to really think bigger, um, than what Roe v. Wade provided. Mm -hmm. So as we think about building abortion care back. Um, We really want our solutions to be bolder than that, to make sure that abortion care is available without all of these barriers and that it's covered by all insurance, right? We really want it to be available, affordable in the communities where we live so that it's not dependent on what state you live in. That's very, very true. Uh, Although uh, it should also be an indication to one uh, what kind of state they are living in. Um, but I, am also pleased that many of the States, including the one that I live in have stepped up and said, come on, come over. We'll, we'll take care of you. We'll, we'll, and, and even to give them some incentives in order to do that. I think that that was the opposite that worked out at least to the point where, you know, we can still do this. Right. We've seen some States, um, take some really bold, yes. proactive action, yes. um, but it's, it's not sustainable, right? As you have people traveling for care, it then makes the wait time at clinics longer. So for people who live in your state, it makes the time uh, that you have to wait for an appointment longer, mm-hmm. which, you know, in this situation, it's a time-sensitive medical procedure and um, it gets more expensive the longer that you have to wait. So it creates a ripple effect. Yeah 
of barriers across the country um, in a way that's not sustainable. It's just, it's amazing how extreme the uh, people go in the other direction. I mean, that doctors can even be uh, uh, arrested for, for, for aiding and abetting. I mean, just come on. You know, it's just, I, I think that's what makes it even that much more absurd. Uh, and unfortunately, this is just before the 50th anniversary of, uh, of the ruling. Anyway, uh, what can we do? Uh, Morgan, in order to uh, make these points publicly known? Well, it's it's going to take all of us. Um, so you can go to allaboveall.org and let your elected officials know um, that abortion justice belongs here in your community, in your state. We are asking um, your listeners to contact their elected officials, both in the state and federal levels um, to really push for these bold solutions to ensure abortion is available, affordable, and supported for anyone who needs it. Absolutely. No question about it. Uh, This is one topic that was not negotiated or discussed. It was just chopped. And uh, that kind of uh, concerns me uh, just on a a general level. Uh, Yeah, uh, there's no question about it. But uh, again, the states that uh, are stepping up uh, must continue to do so, and people must continue to do so. I'm kind of shocked that in the the midterm elections, this was not more of a of an issue. I, I, I'm kind of floored about that. Uh, did you have the same reaction? I actually think that it was a huge issue in the midterm elections. We saw six ballot initiatives across the country. Mm. Uh, you know, where abortion won on the ballot. We really saw that when you put this to voters. Um, they they don't want politicians interfering in their lives, and they want the freedom to yeah. make decisions about their families for themselves. And we saw that um, regardless of, you know, mm. the political makeup of the state, it really was across, uh, you know, quote-unquote blue and red states yeah. where voters resoundingly rejected attempts to restrict abortion care. So... Um, I think we can continue to expect that it will be uh, a big election issue um, as states this year especially try to restrict abortion even more. Yes, you're absolutely right. You restrict it more, you'll, you'll get it back in the face. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still disappointed. I, I, I thought it would be, um, you know, I, I know it wasn't as bad as, as it was supposed to have been, but that's not good enough for me. And what you say is absolutely true. Now that you have voted accordingly, that's not the end of it. Uh, you, you need to make this, you need to let your legislator know that, you know, you're out of here if you don't uh, start seeing the light here. Um, I agree in that sense. All right. Uh, one more time, the website to get involved allaboveall.org and you can also follow us on social media at allaboveall. Great. I'll just end this by, I mean, I obviously know where I stand here and um, just, uh, it's not enough just to discuss it and talk about it and be aware of it. It, You got to do something about it and that would be through legislation and through uh, writing your representative and just letting them know this this will not be tolerated Um, and that's that. Morgan, thank you so much. Well, thank you to my guest for today. I'll be back again tomorrow with a brand new show. But until that time arrives, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I wish you peace.